Welcome to Leadership Unleashed. Today's leaders must be experts in emotional intelligence, the art of persuasion, and masters of motivation. Each week, you'll hear hints and tips to help you develop confidence, build your identity, and your skills as a leader. Here's your host, authentic leadership expert, Leslie Hunter. Hi, welcome to the show. This is the show that helps you as an individual develop the skills, the attributes, the behaviors to be more effective as a leader. And that role as a leader may be in the workplace, it may be on a sports field, or it could be in the home environment, family environment, or it could even be when you're out walking your dog. Now, to help you with this, I'm interviewing some fascinating people, and today I'm delighted to have somebody whose business strapline is that they are the Global People Development Company. So we're going to get some fantastic insights about practical leadership and what it means to be a leader inspired and focused by nature. And the person I'm going to welcome is Tony Wilson. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Leslie. It's a delight to be here with you. Well, Tony, your business is called Lifestyle Architecture, and that's, yeah. a, that's a fascinating um, title in itself. Tell me what you mean by Lifestyle Architecture. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, well, I, I guess the story goes back to uh, about, uh, about 15, 16 years ago, although we've been... Uh, We've been operating as a business for for coming up to 19 years now. And there's a couple of things we always say to people whenever we start this type of engagement, and that is that it's taken us 19 years to become an overnight success, and you won't meet (laughs) anyone who's made more mistakes (laughs) than we have. So that's a a kind of set the scene. And and, and partway through the journey, um, I was doing quite a bit of meditation, actually. And um, and I used to be coming up with the the, the word architecture was coming up to me all the time. And and at the time, lifestyle was a big issue with a lot of the leaders we were working with, um, with with, with, with clients around the world. So we decided that it would be interesting to take a look at the word architecture. uh, And in the dictionary, it said the art and science of design. Uh, And then then we, we, we decided that if we added the word lifestyle at the front of it, we would end up with the art and science of designing the lifestyle you deserved and desired um, and, and it just it just resonated with us we just knew it was right um, and it was it was very much about what we wanted to do when we engaged with leaders around the world we wanted to to, to not only help them to be Come, you know, more practical leaders, and that's the that's yeah, the core, practice. that's the essence of what lifestyle architecture is all about. Yeah, that you know, comes how, right through your website and everything you say. It's all practical. It's very yeah. much a, yeah, yeah. That that's what we want to do. But we felt there's that holistic approach to well as well to practical leadership. So it's it's not just being a practical leader in your professional roles. It's being a practical leader in all of your roles. And holistically, what that will bring together is, is, is your lifestyle architecture. Well, thanks for that, because that's really, really helpful. Because, I mean, I know when I was working in um, large corporates, uh, quite often, if, if somebody talked to some of my contemporaries about lifestyle, they would, they would basically say to me either, go outside and hug a tree, 
if that's what you want to do. Or, oh, yeah, but that's just too fluffy for me. You know, I'm a real leader. I'm a, like a real, you know, macho. Being a leader is about having that authority and having that role. And don't talk to me about things like meditation. Now, you, you said there that you clearly meditate yourself. Uh, yeah. Tell me why you think that's important to somebody as a leader to, to, to engage in something like meditation. Yeah, well, well, well again, and, and, and don't get me wrong, when we talk about practical leadership, we're very, very clear that it is about the essence of, you know, of competence, commitment and ability to communicate. Yeah. But, but we think there's also, uh, and I guess, again, it's the essence of, of what lifestyle architecture or part of what lifestyle architecture is all about. There's a huge area what I describe as the mystery out there and the mystery can be meditation at one end it could be quantum physics or quantum science <laughs> at the other and 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 there's huge potential lying there now that isn't to say that once you once you tap into that huge potential you don't drive it into your skills and your knowledge and your experience in terms of your competence and and you don't drive it through your commitment your inspiration your self motivation your desire passion and confidence and you've got to manifest it through your ability to communicate internally and externally but actually what I find is that the beauty of things like meditation is in this fast-paced world we live in, you know, I hear a lot of leaders talk about being on that hamster's wheel. Yeah, yeah. The, the actual quantum, the, the, the quantum leap that we're going to make, the, the breakthrough, will actually come in our creative space, in our creative moments. Um, and those creative moments will right. really come when we get quiet when we quieten down that internal chatter, and that's what meditation is. You know, there's often a lot of uh, a, a lot of mystical confusion about what what meditation is. But it's what? actually just getting quiet inside. Okay, Tony. So, so you've mentioned there. I mean, you talked about some words there like um, competence and commitment, which is probably the language that a lot of leaders are likely to be much more comfortable with. Um, would you would you agree with that? You know that there's kind of this language, certainly in the workplace, that when people become familiar with the concept of being a leader, it's almost as if they expect to have to use this particular type of language. Yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with that. And and one of the things we talk about is is um, in in lifestyle architecture is the DNA of performance. And um, oh, we I talk like about this, this, this two things. DNA that of le- performance. Yeah, the yeah. DNA of performance is a model that that we've designed. Uh, it's one of our it's one of our pieces of intellectual property that we've designed uh-huh. over over the last nineteen years. And and what we talk about is is is, is the above the line piece. We kind of put a line uh, across the DNA performance model, and above the line we talk about competence, commitment, and ability to communicate. And we do that. You're quite right because you know you've got to get people comfortable in the language and and and, and get them confident with what they're talking about. And and that's where we talk about enhancing performance. But then we go below the line to this fascinating world of of the quantum world of of, of meditation. And and what's fascinating about that world of creativity is that's where you often spot the the real opportunity. Yeah, so it's yeah. balancing the above the line with the below the line is what we we, we, we talk about. So when you um, I mean you also mentioned this this period or this time of quiet. 
Uh, and one of my other guests recently talked about the difference between being quiet or silent and being still, stillness. <laughs> do, do, <laughs> that, that obviously <laughs> means something to you. Do, do you think that we just live in such a busy, busy, noisy world that we've, some people, we've sometimes lost this ability to just be? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely do. And, and I think, I think you, you made an interesting comment there when you said noisy world. It, it's often it's often like a, what I describe as a white noise. <laughs> it's no it's it's internal chatter as well as external noise yeah, as well. Yeah, very and, much. And, and and you're absolutely right. You know, we, we we've kind of a lot of leaders we've discovered have, have got on this hamster's wheel and and find it very difficult to get off it and get get a level of clarity. And that's what we're looking to help to give them some some level of clarity um, to, so, to kind of detach and get above it all sometimes. So, I mean, is it as simple as doing something like um, switching your mobile phone off, uh, not checking your email <laughs> 23 times every two minutes, yeah. not not feeling that when an email pings in or a LinkedIn request or a Facebook message comes in that you've got to respond instantly because what i always say to people is a lot of a lot of times leaders say to me i'm juggling so many balls you've said hamster's wheel i talk about spinning plates and i'm worried that i'm going to drop one of these plates i don't have enough time etc etc and my comment is always well look at some of the things that are interfering in you being able to do what you want to do yeah. and email and and mobile phone is 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 a classic but as I've always said to them, you're not gonna, you would never, in an emergency, order an ambulance by email. <laughs> you know, you, you, you've got to get your priorities right here. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is, this, is it just the digital and the technological advances that are causing this, or is there something else that's more deep-rooted? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I certainly think that the world we live in where people feel they can contact you almost instantly, I, th I think is part of it. I also think the demands, actually, of the of the corporate world. You know, we, we, we're blessed to have worked with some of the largest organisations on the planet and, and the demands that are put on the leaders, you know, the demands of the city, of, of, of shareholders and stakeholders, of leadership teams themselves, um, and, and, and the constant pressure to to enhance performance, and and, and often in the shape of numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, know, if you can't measure it, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's not recognised if it can't be measured. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think I think there's a combination of these, but I think there's also an internal pressure that 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 we often put on ourselves as well because we you know we all want to be recognised as successful and and this word success can often be wrapped around the the, the arena of. Um, you know um, the the numbers we produce and uh, and 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 the money we earn and, and and all of the other bits and pieces that go on in life. So tell me then. I mean, you've worked with some, as you say, leaders across the globe, and I'm right in thinking you you work in over 150 cities. You know, you you really are a global organisation. Have you yet met a leader who, once you get under that skin? <laughs> doesn't have some kind of vulnerability or insecurity and is always looking over their shoulder thinking, oh, I'm just waiting for someone to realise I don't have all the answers, I don't yeah. know how, yeah? No, I, 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 I think that's one of the things we look to embrace, 
you know, for, for me, lifestyle architecture is, is based, our cornerstone is all about engagement. And engagement is about building that, that, that rapport, that relationship. And I think one of, the, one of the greatest human qualities we all have is actually that vulnerability. Yes. You know, and, and I actually describe it as, look, we're going to get to a point when we know we, we, we really can trust each other, when, we're, when, when both sides are comfortable to unzip that coat of vulnerability. And let's take a look at the real you. But that must that that real you, that real authentic core. Some people will find that very very difficult to to expose and to be prepared to share with other people. Oh no, absolutely. And and but this goes back to your earlier point where there's a real paradox where people talk about you know some of the stuff we do has been a bit fluffy and a bit woolly, but in actual fact. It, it's some of the toughest places to go to Absolutely. during your journey. And, and, and if you're prepared to unzip that coat of vulnerability and really open up, then and, 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 and really what I described, get in touch with the real you, you you're going to go to places that are just so rewarding and so phenomenal that uh, it's, it's, worth the, uh, it's worth the adventure. That's, that's really, really important. I mean, when, when a particularly high-powered individual did say that, actual phrase to me one day and said look Leslie you know I'm a leader I don't do the light soft fluffy if you want to go out and hug a tree I I actually turned around to him and said that's fine some of my best friends are trees and you need to learn from that Um, so (laughs) being inspired by nature and the ability to as you say open up creative space but can I just ask do you find I don't know the profile necessarily of your, uh, you know, of all your clients, but do you find there's a generational pattern here? You know, we, we hear about Generation X, Y, Z, whatever, and the younger generation of leaders who are more multitasking, more demanding, have different expectations and different working patterns and practices. Do you find there's a generational pattern or anything that you could tell us about leaders across that spectrum? Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I, mean, I think there's two things for me. Uh, I mean, one, there's, there's got to be a real commitment to engage in this arena. Um, there's got to be a commitment on clearly on both parts to, to really have a, you know, a passion to to, to, to want to engage together. What we're discovering at the moment is is there is a bit of a sweet spot developing for us. Um, there's a sweet spot of, of kind of leaders who are in their early to mid 30s, um, who perhaps post MBAs, mm-hmm. who are looking to be those future, um, and in some case already are the senior executives and, and want to be in that C-suite and, and really want to you know, be 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 all they can be, um, and so working with those people again is a delight. But but I've got to say, there's, there's got to be a real passion yeah. and a real enthusiasm and a real desire to uh, you know to 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 want to open up to the potentiality of all this stuff. So so what you've got is you've got people who obviously have the the capacity and the capability and have gone through what I would call the more traditional routes and they've gone through the leadership development. Uh, but I would argue that you can teach leadership to anybody. Um, yeah. Anybody can learn leadership because it's a process, but that doesn't necessarily make them a leader. Yes. 
Well, I, I, I always describe it as there's, there's a kind of, it's this, it's this age-old question about management per, versus leadership. And oh, I yeah. always perceive that, you know, <laughs> you manage things and, and one of those things is, is, is a process yes. and a yeah. system. But you actually lead people. Yes. And, and for me, I, I'm kind of not quite so sure there's a process around real authentic leadership. I think it's about an engagement. I think it's about having as many tools as you can. But for me, it's when you get into that mystery, when you mm-hmm. get into that, that I describe it as that, that quantum world. And you know, I'd, I'd urge all your listeners to go and Google the quantum world and start diving <laughs> down those rabbit holes and discovering it's a fascinating thing. As soon as you think you understand it, you realise you, 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 it, it's, it's actually a, in a conundrum and a, and a paradox. You can't understand it. But so so I, in a sentence then, you know, in, in a sentence, define for me what you mean by the quantum world. You know, just on the back of a postcard. Go on, you send me a postcard. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the quantum world. What is that? Yeah. What, what does it mean? Well, it's it's it, 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 for me, and I'll try and put it in a sentence. It's 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 dipping into the infinite possibility of this world and universe we're part of, and there is an infinite infinite possibilities. That's probably as succinct as you can get it. And, and, and it is about diving into various rabbit holes and going down different avenues. But, you know, there's a couple of things I'd urge your viewers to look at. There's a great movie called What the Bleep Do We yes, Know? Yes, I've seen that. What the Bleep Do We Know? Yeah, that's a really, really good one. Uh, and, and that is available, isn't it, on, on YouTube and, yeah, and so yeah. on for people to yeah, that, yeah, that, that's, that's a good the one. Great thing. Yeah. That's the other great thing with all this stuff is, you know, it's you've only there. got to, yeah, you've only got to Google, you've only got to stick in, you know, quantum physics into your into your YouTube sort of search and, 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 and all this stuff will come up. There's some great <laughs> stuff by a guy called Brian Green and uh, there's, there's there's some great stuff out there. I don't there believe we're talking about quantum physics at this time. I know, yeah. Well, I <laughs> always I, like, I, I, whenever we're doing these radio interviews, I always like to chuck a curveball in there. And I always think <laughs> people physics. aren't expecting to talk about quantum physics, but, you know, we want to give our listeners something different, don't we? <laughs> Let me ask you now. I asked you about the generations, if there was a different generational pattern. But you work, as I've said, you work, your organization works across 150 cities, six key regions. I mean, from Europe, big presence in the Americas and Asia, Pacific, India, Africa, Middle East. Um, I mean, we're going for world domination here, obviously, Tony. <laughs> but <laughs> are there any cultural differences that you find are certain cultures more open and um, responsive to quantum physics and rabbit holes yeah yeah no I think I think I think that's certainly the case and and out of all of the 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 regions around the world I've, I've got to confess that um, the North Americans are the ones that have probably embraced a lot of this stuff right. and, and really, really, uh, really drive it uh, forward. Now, and, why, and, sorry to interrupt you, but why do you think that's the case? Do you think that there's more need there, i.e. they're bigger hamsters on bigger wheels? Or do you think yeah. it's genuinely something about the, the way leaders develop in that culture? Well, I, th- I think there's certainly some geographical differences, and I, and I think yeah, they're, they're certainly they've certainly got um, in in most cases they've got bigger hamsters whales, um, but also there's even geographical differences in in North America. So you know the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast is you've got you've got a huge cultural difference going on there. So I, I would arguably say there's there's a bigger difference perhaps between the East Coast and the West Coast of North America 
than there is between um, uh, America and say the Asia Pacific right. arena. So it's and and it's all about where the individuals are. That's what we we break everything down to the individual. We will look at the corporate. We will look at the team. But at the end of the day, we like to really get into the into that individual. So you know, we 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 found very very open individuals out in Singapore, in Hong Kong, um, down in Australia and New Zealand, which again very entrepreneurial arenas, um, as well as yeah. as well as having them in creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as well as having them okay. in North America and Europe. Right. So I'm a I'm a highly competent manager. I've been promoted into a leadership position. I'm receptive. I'm interested. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in lifelong learning. I engage. I do my own reading and research, and I, I dabble in all sorts of, of interesting things outside my specific work environment. Now, that sounds terrible. I don't mean that quite the way it came across. <laughs> interesting things that will help me in terms of being a more effective leader. Personal and professional development. Let's be quite clear about that. Um, on that basis, Tony, can you give me two or three key things that you think I need to consider? Sort of your top tips. How do I even start on this journey as a, an aspiring leader what is it that I have to think about what is it that I have to do or maybe what is it that I have to stop doing or do differently yeah well, well the, the, there's two things that we always talk about in terms of practical leadership um, and it's great to get very esoteric and look at the big picture but it, 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 we've got to get very practical as well and the two things that we've discovered through our research that all leaders are looking to, to do is one they're looking to enhance their performance for both themselves and their people um, and, and the second thing is they're looking to spot more opportunities and, and, and in order to do that it's about discovering what are the areas that they really want to develop and, and again it's about building that rapport listening to their story so you know finding out the journey they've been on from birth to right. now getting a real feel for their story and then from that highlighting from them um, and, and it's about them being again unzipping that coat of vulnerability and sharing with us you know what are the areas they want to enhance in terms of their skills their knowledge their experience in terms of their commitment in terms of their ability to communicate and, and whether that, it's an internal or external communication yeah and that backstory is so important isn't it well i think it's something that gets missed in in, in our world a lot of people come along in in in, in our world and, and and talk about the solutions they've got and, and i always kind of scratch my head a little bit you know i'm a simple northern lad at heart and <laughs> And I scratch my head and I think, well, how can you have the solutions if you don't know what the story you don't even is? You know what the story is to be, that's and, led to and, the problem. Yeah. And it's one of, one of the things we love to do. You know, we'll spend two or three hours the first time we engage with an individual leader and we'll just listen to their story. And at the end of it, we'll see you know, when was the last time you were afforded two or three hours to just talk about you? And they often, in fact, regularly say, do you know, I've never done that before. And this is back to what you said earlier. This is back to creating this opportunity for for quiet, for for stillness. And we just don't do that, do we? We just don't make time. Yet it, it's so valuable. It's so powerful. If we were physically 
uh, in pain or had some kind of physical ailment, our body tells us, enough, stop, slow down, yeah. I need... And, and most people will, will, would agree, I would think, that sleep is probably the best, you know, one of the best yes. remedies. But for our mental capacity and our, our development as leaders... We, we ignore all those signals and cues and just keep going, keep going. We've really got to make a conscious choice, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is very much that, that, that conscious choice. And it's, 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 it's a little bit like, you know, for, for those, those uh, like your sports metaphors and analogies. And, and I said, it's amazing how many leaders and organisations are metaphorically watching the scoreboard while they have a game of cricket. Um, and what they're doing is they're the, the wondering why they keep getting bowled out and they keep getting bowled out because they're watching the scoreboard rather yeah. than playing the game That's and playing game. the game is about getting into that right mental bit you know as an ex-rugby player and and, and it, 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 it's about being in that space it's, it's about being in that what I describe it as that creative space where you're in that moment you know it's, it's about being it's, a, it's about that human being rather than being in the human race so let's just think about that you said it's it's about be it's about the human being so what we're really talking about here is this state of being this whole concept of if you are a leader it has to come from you from within and you keep mentioning internal and external chatter Tell me, tell me what you mean by internal chatter. Yeah, well, it, it is exactly that. It's it's what we, you know, it's the process of the internal internal talk we when we communicate with ourselves. And, you tell me, you talk uh, to yourself, Tony. Absolutely, uh, it's one of the things that always <laughs> makes me smile. It's one of the things I always ask the audience when we do the talk. You know, do, do you talk, do how many people do you talk to themselves? And we get that show of hands and say, it's okay, you know. We all do it, all and, do and, it. and I actually think it's, it's often that internal chatter where we either release ourselves and set ourselves free, or it's where we sabotage ourselves. Sabotage, yeah, and, that is... And it's one, of the, it's one of the real challenges a lady can have somebody, you can be leading somebody who's competent, committed, and it seems they've got that ability to communicate, but what I can tell you, if someone isn't really manifesting uh, you know, the, the life they want and the performance they want, it's often that internal communication. Um, so, and the, so it's got to be authentic and then how we orchestrate that internal communication into our external communication. That's the, that can be a key threshold for us. Right. So if I was to take away one key message from talking to you today, it would be that I need, as a leader, to make a conscious choice and to make sure that I'm comfortable engaging my my own vulnerability, but to learn to manage my internal communication so that I stop self-sabotaging and open myself up to potential opportunity. Yeah, I quite like, like good, that. Like I think I'll write that one down. But I think it's, about, <laughs> it's, it's also about embracing and having fun and... Yeah. And really opening up to the potentiality that's out there because it's a great. There's never been a better time to be alive, and it's about grabbing a hold of life and and, and really, really making it happen. 
Tony, that's been brilliant. There's so much in there that we could unpick even further. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, think, one, I think... One of the things I'd like to do finally as well, Leslie, is if anyone's interested, any of the listeners, if we, we had a book published back in 2007, and if any of your listeners want to, uh, I'm happy to uh, send them a free copy of our book. It's called The Greatest Mentor, and it shares a little bit about the story of how I got to where we're at, and I'm happy that's to give any of your listeners a, a free copy of that book. Oh, Tony, thank you for that. And what we'll do is I'll make sure that I put a link to that book on on the show description so that people can find that and find you very, yeah. very easily. And uh, I assume that you're now off. I'm off to make a cup of tea, but I assume you're off to go and read more about quantum physics and go look at some more <laughs> rabbit holes. Am I right in that, Sin? <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll probably have a bit of breakfast first before I okay. dive on that rabbit hole. But yeah, yeah brilliant. Well, Tony, thank you so much. Your insights have been fantastic. And it's really certainly given me a lot of food for thought. So thank you very much, Tony. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's a great, great pleasure, Leslie. Thanks a lot now. Take care. Bye. Well, I bet you didn't think we'd be talking about the quantum world when you started listening to this radio show. But let's just stop for a minute and think of some of the key messages that that Tony has given us. The biggest message I've taken away is the need to be able to get to that quiet place and to be able to get there quite quickly. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, I've always found it quite difficult to meditate. Um, My head does not want to turn off. I'm, I've even tried meditating in groups and I'm the individual that sits there with their eyes closed for 10 seconds, then peaks by opening one eye just to find out what everybody else is doing. But I've realized that I've actually developed my own strategy to be able to help me get to that quiet place and to strip away some of the, the hustle, the bustle, and the hassle and the noise. And I quite simply take the dog for a walk. Now, Tony was talking about having to engage, having to be conscious and make conscious choices. And again, thinking about what I do with Kino, my dog, this made me realize that again, there is another strategy that I have developed. It's a well-known fact that dogs pick up on your emotions and your behavior and respond to that accordingly. So think about a situation where I've got my big, boisterous German Shepherd and I'm taking him into perhaps an unfamiliar environment or he's meeting some unknown dogs or unknown people for the first time. I need him to be calm. And for him to be calm, that means I need to be calm. So going back to Tony's messages, I have to consciously engage with my inner chatter, that internal communication he was talking about. And I have to consciously manage that communication. So I have to have the capacity to be able to make myself calm internally so that what I transmit to the animal is that sense of calm, not a sense of anxiety or tension, um, not any kind of emotion that is going to potentially cause a problem. 
Now, it took me a long, long time to realize that that is part of my role as a leader working with that animal. It's not easy, but you can learn to do that. And in future shows, I will be bringing on guests who can give us some hints and tips and techniques, and will be able to tell us some of the ways that we can start to develop that part of our behavior. So in the meantime, if you find it difficult to meditate, if you find it difficult to quiet that internal chatter, and if you don't really want to start going looking down rabbit holes the way Tony does, then my advice to you, go borrow a dog, go take a dog for a walk. Speak to you next time. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Leslie and her book, Who Put You in Charge? Go to lesliehunter.com. There you can also join the pack, a free membership group where you'll receive regular hints and tips from Leslie, as well as access to some great leadership resources. So how are you doing as a leader? See how you measure up by downloading Leslie's free iPad app, the Effective Leader Scoreboard, available on iTunes. We'll see you next week for another edition of Leadership Unleashed. Leadership Unleashed.